welcome back to Not Alone, a podcast about faith, mental health, and how the church can bridge the gap between them. Today we're joined by two special guests. We have with us today Elijah Schof and his mother Kim. Elijah just graduated high school, and he's going to share with us today what it's been like to experience his high school graduation in a time where we can't meet together in person. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Not Alone. We are the podcast that discusses faith, mental health, and other on or off topic things that might be on our minds. We're excited that you decided to join us. I am here with Michael and Lindsay. I will let them introduce themselves. I guess I came first this time. I'm Michael McCord, and uh, I'm an ordained minister in the United Methodist Church, and uh, I've also been a longtime supporter of college ministries. Um, I love working with young adults, and and I think they're the future of the world, and so it's a great place to invest our time and energy, and that's what this podcast is about. Lindsay. Hey, everybody. I'm Lindsay Geist. I'm an ordained minister in the United Methodist Church as well as a licensed clinical social worker. I partner with churches to be able to better educate and uh, open the dialogue about mental health, uh, connecting the church and parishioners and the rest of the world together. Awesome. Thanks so much. And we are so excited today because we are joined by two individuals that we think are absolutely wonderful. Uh, we are here with Kim and Elijah Shove. I will let them introduce themselves. I used your last name. If you didn't want me to use your last name, I just blew it. Uh-oh. Just say that sentence again, Evan, and you're probably okay. Are you going to use your last name? Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, great. <laughs> um, my name is Elijah Shope, and I'm a graduating senior, but I also know everyone here from we work together on the whole mental health initiative in the fall. Um, I am Kim Shope. I am Elijah's mom, and... <laughs> Is, it, is that funny? <laughs> it is. It's because Sorry, she called him by his I, full name. I, I can't look at him because he makes me laugh. He's not the day he was born. I can't. <laughs> he turned off his camera. For those of you who aren't watching this on video like oh, we are, God. he turned off his camera so uh, his mother can introduce herself. <laughs> I just, I want to be clear, it was on the record. Kim said, Elijah makes her laugh from the day he was born. Just, <laughs> I appreciate that vulnerability here. This is awesome. <laughs> okay. So yes, I am Kim Shope. I am Elijah's mom. Um, and I work for Gwinnett County Public Schools as a speech-language pathologist. Welcome. He's back. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to uh, this menagerie that is uh, our conversations around faith and mental health. Uh, So obviously this has been an interesting season for us all, uh, but I think for you, Elijah, and for your family, I think being a high school senior, there's got to be kind of a little bit of challenge that kind of goes in there for you specifically for this time. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like kind of what the context is for your graduation, for your senior year? Like how did that all come about? Uh, so, I mean, 
it's very weird. It's safe to say what you, what you end up getting is you get kind of this big old buildup for a very long time. And then you kind of just get nothing. And so it, you got like, it's not like a loss. It's just like very much like, Oh, like society has been telling me that this is a big deal. This is a big moment. And, you know, I'm graduating on Thursday with a slideshow. So it doesn't necessarily feel like it's a very big moment. Um, it was difficult at first just because everything was closed down. You know, there's really nothing to do except for sit and kind of like think about like I'm doing nothing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything kind of starting to slowly open up again and a bunch of college stuff is starting to come in, like planning for classes and stuff. It's definitely gotten a lot easier. Um, it's it's probably going to affect me for many like years to come, just like not having that like big graduation moment um it'll be just kind of weird looking back on it Mm. but Mm -hmm. you know i can't really speak to all of the effects because i haven't really been all the way through it yet and the slideshow so that's what they're doing yeah (laughs) we're gonna tune into like channel 37 gwinnett county public school television and we're gonna watch a slideshow so do you have to dress up? Like, is there any actual virtual graduation or do you just watch yourself on the slideshow and ta-da, you're done? You've I watch myself on the slideshow and I'm done. <laughs> so I, you're I, already I, done. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've been done. I mean, that are you going to do an at-home graduation where like somebody hands you a fake diploma or um, a real diploma or a something? A rolled up paper towel? <laughs> the, current, the current plan is I'm just going to have uh, probably family over on Thursday, close family, and we're just going to watch the slideshow. Um, I'm going to have my cap and gown like hanging somewhere because I don't want to wear that around the house. <laughs> it would be awkward. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll probably take pictures and stuff. I don't even know if they're going to give me my diploma. I don't know when the county never told us when we're going to yeah. get our diplomas. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. A lot of a lot of unknowns. That of I, I, I appreciate you sharing that, Kim. For you, kind of uh, on on the parental side of it, what has what has this been like for you, having your son have his senior year and graduation in the midst of a global pandemic? Um, well, first, I'm a very emotional person. Um, I am easy to cry, so um, it's been very emotional for me that my son is not going to have that traditional graduation experience, and um, I have cried a lot of tears um, because this is a moment that will never be played again in his life. Um, There are certain traditions that I really miss out on for me as a mom. Um, one of them is the, uh, because he's been with Gwinnett County Schools, specifically the Brookwood High School cluster since he was in kindergarten. Wow. And so where he went to elementary school, they would do a cap and gown walk through the hallways and play pomp and circumstance. So I've worked at Gwen Oaks Elementary for 14 years. So this is something I've seen all these other seniors come through walking and, you know, and, and I look forward to seeing my own son walk the halls, um, seeing him go through that. So that was hard to realize that certain traditions um, were not going to happen. There's just Mm. like, there's no sense of closure to his high school experience. There's just, here we are. Uh, We're going to do a virtual graduation. Oh, and by the way, your graduation announcements, even though the date and time is completely wrong. Um, 
he was supposed to graduate on the 20th at 8 o'clock in the Brookwood Stadium, but now he's graduating on the 21st at 12.30 p.m. Uh, virtually. On Channel 37. <laughs> on Channel 37. <laughs> so, um, it's been hard. I'll be honest. There's been some tears for me, so. I think what you said um, just really hit me is that there's not a form of closure that when we, when a chapter ends for us, we really like formal closure. And anytime that doesn't happen, we kind of scramble around to figure out, well, how do we wrap up this loose end um, in any sort of way? So that really hits me that uh, I can see that happening to so many people um, in your situation right now and people that other things have been upended and there's no formal closure yeah it's hard um i'm trying to make it special for eli um that's why the the virtual graduation is basically a slideshow um you know we're inviting grandparents and uh aunts and uncles to the house and um we're gonna provide lunch and then um we are gonna take pictures he, he is gonna have yeah. to put on his cap and gown <laughs> You're shaking your head. For you, the virtual. Like but I feel like, especially for his grandparents, that this is a moment that's kind of been robbed for them as well. And I know that they're going to want that, even though it's virtual graduation, they're going to want that picture next to their grandson in his cap and gown, something mm -hmm. that they can look back on. Yeah, so I definitely think that there's a lot because graduation is like happening. There's a lot around just the, the the experience of graduation itself. But but I recognize that you've given up a lot of other things. That there are a lot of other things before that 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 you've you've sort of lost out on that that were pretty pretty important for you too. I mean, I think go back to I'm interested. Like go back to that moment where you realized you weren't going back to school uh, in person for the rest of the year. What was that like? To, to experience that? Um, so like at first it was kind of like, you know, I had this one friend in class, we'd always talk about it. We'd always like, we would like watch the cases every day and we're like, ooh, like I wonder if we're gonna get out of school. I wonder what's gonna happen. And then like just one Friday just leaving and we were like, oh, you know, maybe they might close school like next week for like a week or something and we'll be back like after spring break, um, take that time. And then it was just like, oh, like we're closed now. And I was like, oh, how interesting. And then later it was like, oh, we're closed forever. And then it was like, that's even more interesting. And it just kind of like, I don't know, like you, there's like no emotional value given to that last day of school because you didn't know that it was your last day of school. Mm. So you just went through it normally. And like, I don't like have like a memory of like a last day because it was, it was like, it was not the last day. It was just, you know, see y'all on Monday or maybe I'll see y'all in two weeks if, you know, the school shut down for something. Yeah, I think that's a, another like thought about this idea of closure is uh, I'm going this week to pick up my kids stuff, all the belongings that they left, you know, because they thought they were coming back to school uh, and I have to go through this drive through and pick up all their stuff. Um, and and I, it was kind of it kind of hit me that was like they, they did. They just left on a on a Thursday and they're like, just like in the old Thursday. And then 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 we weren't going back and and their lunch boxes were there and and sort of that sort of stuff and so there was never really even like a closure 
to the to the experience of physical school. You just you went immediately into this online learning. And um, what was that like? What was that transition like? Because I know you're you're pretty academically minded. You're pretty, uh, yeah. And what was it like to move to online? Um, online learning is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you God, really feel. God, we have that on the record. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I can definitely say that I did not really learn anything. I mean, it would, it's very nice, especially like now I'm doing better, but in the weeks following like those last assignments, the few days after that, it was nice having something to do. You know, you mm -hmm. give yourself a purpose of like, I did something today. I, I did something no matter how small, no matter like what it is, I accomplished something. Like you have something you you're like, Oh, like I'm being a human being. I'm, I'm valuable. I'm doing something. And then, you know, yeah. a few days after you have no assignments, it's very much like, what am I doing? Like, you know, and you have to realize that nobody else is really doing a lot either, but it's still very like, for me as a very like goal action oriented person where I always have like steps, like this is going to get done. This is going to get done. I'm going to go here, here, here. And then having that all be like, no. And then I'm sitting here like, well, maybe I'll water my plant today. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> very much like lower valued stuff, but you have to kind of put that into perspective of, you know, it's something. Mm -hmm. well, Elijah, I appreciate you saying that because it's something that, seeing clients in my counseling practice that that has been a common thread for a lot of people that are especially goal oriented. It's like, okay, let's do this thing that then we always have a next step. We always have future plans. And then all of a sudden when it's gone, you start to go, okay, what's my purpose today? What am I going to accomplish? Um, when we're used to uh, always accomplishing things or crossing things off our list. Um, that it's helpful for me to hear that that is kind of a universal statement for people of all ages that have a personality that is very goal oriented. Yeah, I wonder what have you found to be really helpful? Like, structure like watering your plant i think for for you guys individually and just for the family in general what like what what has what has been helpful to process and and really grow in this season um i'll go first uh i waking up before noon is very i found that was very it's important a, because it's a good start in the very, that's a in hard the very, thing as a teenager though well well, what I, what I yeah, was noticing, yeah, teenager, oh, hard, like, you know, That's teenager, <laughs> an actual thing or not, but waking up before noon, like if I woke up afternoon, cause I was waking up like three, four in the afternoon on a lot of days. Cause I would stay up late and I'd wake up late also. I don't know. It just, I didn't feel like as, as fulfilling. Like when I was up, I was like, Oh, I have like no time. What am I doing today? And I just feel like waking up before noon was a lot better. Like from a mental health standpoint, mm -hmm. just for me so that I can, I don't know, just have more time. I just feel more useful if I wake up at a certain time. So I've been trying to wake up before noon now. I mean, I do a lot of sitting and talking. Mm. It's not like something I you notice when you're doing it normally, but now mm. like when I think about what I've been doing, like especially since school is ended, it's just a lot of sitting down at like a table and just like talking or like mindlessly, like, you know, like mindlessly getting your phone and like scrolling through it while talking to someone for like four hours. Mm. 
Um, and that's something that has been just kind of helpful just to kind of sit down and lose track of time. Um, I've gone on a few walks when it's not hot. Those are pretty nice too. And then, you know, being able to go and, you know, see like a consistent group of friends, maybe, you know, going to the same place, you know, similar times every day and just seeing the same people in a very, you know, isolated manner is also very nice to kind of like give you like a little bit of like, it's a new normal, but it's still something normal, you know, going and talking to people and just, you know, seeing them and spending time together at houses and, you know, backyard pools and stuff like that. It's very, mm. very nice. So. Yeah, I yeah, resonate can... really well with that, like that, that um, kind of routine. And then also sort of discovering some really kind of oddly enjoyable things about this too like like seeing your friends or 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 just i guess because because i'm in, like you kind of task oriented accomplishment oriented i'm an achiever or a three on the enneagram um and and so i'm really like that's where i get my meaningfulness out of and then just being still is just a strange experience that has been both incredibly frustrating at times but then also kind of rewarding uh, because i don't generally experience that kind of thing mm -hmm. it, did you did you find any of those experiences to be sort of that strangely like like both both a challenge and kind of a an odd kind of fortuitous experience that you that you got to enjoy? Yeah. So like for example, hang out with friends. We do a lot of the same stuff because there's like we can't go out to a lot of places, so we do a lot of the same stuff. We have like very much like it's usually like uh, lounge by the pool for a few hours, then go inside, eat, and then play some games you know, it gets kind of repetitive. And so like some days I'd be like, oh my gosh, I might leave early. I just don't want to do the same <laughs> stuff over again. But, you know, like, for example, one night I was like, okay, I'm going to leave early. I'm not going to stay for the game tonight. I just, I don't know. just, I was boring. I don't know why. Um, but then we ended up talking and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stay for talking a little bit after dinner. And we ended up talking for six hours and I didn't leave until mm. like midnight. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, you know, if someone told me, oh, we're going to talk for six hours, I would be like, oh, that sounds really boring. <laughs> but, you know, just, you know, also just have like being able to have the time to sit down and talk for six hours, you kind of just realize like, it's just very interesting. And, you know, there's a lot that you can do, even with a very limited mm -hmm. ability. Kim, how has it this impacted your family? during all of this i mean not only are y'all losing some things but you also are gaining some additional time with elijah in some ways uh during the day and so what's this whole experience been like after, for the whole family after three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> no now before noon okay michael <laughs> Dude, yes well um i was raised to always try to find a positive side to any situation um and I have definitely enjoyed getting to spend the extra time with my son because especially knowing that he's going to college, especially out of state, um, I'm, I am treasuring the, these moments. I just feel like God has given me this extra opportunity, even though it's a horrible global pandemic happening around us, but, um, but to have him at home with me you know, um, sitting, talking, watching a movie, um, just listening him talk about planning his college classes for the fall. It's just, I'm taking the time to appreciate the fact that what I have been given. 
Mm. I think that's a really beautiful perspective of, of just how can I find uh, just kind of the gifts in all of this. I, I know that's been helpful for me of saying, what have I been gifted in all of this? Um, you know, maybe it's resting a little bit differently uh, or spending more time talking to people. I mean, I've talked to more people far and wide that our schedules conflicted for so long and schedules don't conflict as much when you're all sitting at home. Um, that uh, you seem to have uh, surprisingly more free time to sit on the phone with one another. And so I think it's helpful to find those gifts in the midst of it all. It hasn't always been easy, I will say, because um, there's four of us in this house, especially when the shelter in place was <laughs> around. Um, mm. You know, we, uh, a reason I'm in the basement, <laughs> we all had to have our own little areas of the house because I think we were kind of getting into each other's nerves a little bit. But, um, but yeah, so it's not been easy, but definitely trying to find the positive and uh, the gift that has been given to me as his mom um, to have this extra time with him. I think that's what I'm kind of curious about is like, what was the nature of your relationship before all of this? And maybe how has it changed or shifted over the last couple months? Eli, I, 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 maybe um, you should both answer well, blindly right. and then we'll come back together. <laughs> I'm going to move Kim out of the room for a second. Then, Well, I'm going I'm to say this before I start. How honest am I allowed to be, mother? <laughs> you can be honest. Okay. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing family therapy right it's now. Not okay. It's not like, it's not negative. It's just, you know, I feel like it's a normal thing, but you know, to be honest, um, you know, uh, we were both very, we were both very busy people. Like we do a lot of work. Um, I don't know. And also with just the whole getting older, getting ready to leave, like I want like, there's all, there's always going to be that. I want to get out of here. I don't, I don't want to listen to you anymore. Like that kind of stuff. You know, I feel like that's pretty normal. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just, it was a lot because we we're both working really hard in senior year. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of like time there to like talk about things, you know, go back to like the, you know, the slower, younger life where it was like, you know, go to the parks and do all the stuff together. Um, it wasn't like, it wasn't like that. I think there was a lot of like, definitely a lot of tension. And I think that definitely came out in the beginning of it because we're like oh well you know we're, i was ready to like leave and kind of like you know start i don't like not in like a bad way but kind of start to sever some of those ties and then it was like well now you're gonna have to sit there and then, like, <laughs> yeah. reinforce these ties <laughs> and yeah. it was, you know it was very frustrating in the beginning but you know i do think that in the longer run being together for so many months has kind of re reestablished the importance of those ties and those relationships and while I still do want to you know leave and get out it you know it makes you it like makes you value it a lot more just because you kind of get that reminder of you know they're there they're still the same people they're still the same level of relationship you just have to kind of slow it down a lot to find that but it's mm -hmm. still there even when you know you want to leave even when it's ready to time to go 
there's still like that deep level of relationship and it's just kind of nice to talk and you know just rediscover that I appreciate your honesty there. I don't want us to interject at all. I want to hear straight from Kim uh, as far as uh, her perspective. Thanks. Thanks so much, Elijah, for for sharing so honestly. Um, Well, um, those of us who, people who know the both of us, um, it's pretty well known that um, we've always been close. Um, So as far as, I mean, he's, you know, he's going to be 18. He's going to college. You know, I was 18 once. I went off to college. So I know that there's this part where he's going to want to pull away, and that is perfectly normal. Um, That's what I want. I want him to spread his wings. I want him to become his own person. But I have to tell you, because we've always been close, um, it kind of hurt a little bit. But Mm. I knew that it was normal behavior, you know, for him to want to, spread his wings but um but yeah I mean I you know did it impact our relationship I think I agree with Eli at the very beginning there was not headbutting but (laughs) but um he is right we're both very busy people um you know and I have um I work full-time um you know I also have a daughter so you know she's requires a lot of time too and so um it's just been nice that I think we got to uh, spend some more time together and just remember, you know, he knows that I'm always here for him, no matter how far away he goes. Um, yeah, I think, go ahead, sorry. No, I'm just, I'm always here for him. You know, he can call me at any time, text me. No matter where he is in the world, I'll hop on a plane and come to him, so. it's awesome. I, I mean, it'd be a little hard to hop on a plane right now, but you very know, inexpensive. You yeah, I will come uh, with my mask and my gloves. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you love him that much, you would figure it out. <laughs> I will figure it out. <laughs> there, there's okay. So there's an interesting dynamic that you guys kind of both mentioned, and I, I, I was wondering if we could kind of unpack it a little bit. Kim, you you said it in a way that I thought really laid it out well, which was that you you knew you wanted something for him with independence and you we you knew that that was something that was expected and and good for his development but at the same time there was honesty there and that that was hurtful Uh, i think that's a really complicated situation i for elijah maybe from your perspective like knowing that you want to and need to experience some new things to grow as a person but then knowing that that pulling away will inadvertently cause some pain for your mother but you know that she wants you to, to do it. Like, how does that, how do you balance that in your mind when you're thinking about your actions and evaluating your tone and conversations? What is that like? Um, uh, well, maybe I should start with, it's very easy for us to hurt each other. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's the story of family. It's, it's that people that know you well, it yeah. is. They know exactly how to hurt. Mm -hmm. I don't don't want to speak on her behalf, but I feel like we both definitely possibly use that relationship to to possibly hurt one another. Just, you know, you know, just because, you know, you know, everybody has got a little bit of, you know, kind of that, that nature of like, I want, you know, what I want. And, you know, you know, we're not perfect people. So sometimes we pull on those relationships to try and try and get that. I don't want to speak for her. 
but I know that for me, you know, I might have been a, I might have done that. <laughs> Gladness Maybe. has now moved into confession. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like it's something everybody does. If not, then you know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and so you know, having I completely forgot the question. <laughs> the, what let me is just the, say, let me yeah, say, I think what ahead. you're doing it, this. What what you just said, I don't want to just pass by because I think that's really powerful. I think the whole purpose of this podcast is to try to to make real conversation about mental health and faith and well being. And one of those things is that is confronting the fullness of who we are. We are people who can love deeply. We can transform lives. We can be committed to people. But we can also, in the same time, be destructive, self-destructive, outwardly destructive, and that we're all the same person. And those things kind of coexist with each other and, and sometimes are in tension with each other. Um, and one of the things that we've discovered over time is that just talking about our destructive neighbor, nature s- tends to lower the power it has. Um, the power really comes from the secret. From the, from this, I'm gonna I'm 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 angry. I'm frustrated, and I lash out at the people I love because I'm not talking about how I'm angry and frustrated, or using words that really describe the feelings I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And so the destruction comes out of the silence. And so I think you just being honest and modeling that for people who are listening to this, I think it's just it's it's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And this process as a whole is individuation. I mean, if we're gonna use put clinical language on top of it individuation is us trying to figure out how to separate from kind of our family unit and figure out how we are independently. And I think Elijah, what you did was explain it perfectly about how you're in this tension of like wanting to break away, figure out who you are, but wanting to stay connected. Sometimes we hurt people when we do that. Um, I, we all do it. We all have done it. It is part of the process of leaving home and figuring out who you are. Um, And for some people, it goes a little more smoothly than others. uh, But this tension and trying to figure out how you want to be separate from the family unit is something we've all done. uh, And we all are doing. What were you going to say, Kim? Oh, I was just going to say that I've always, uh, raising Eli, we've always talked honestly with one another. Um, even when he was a young child. Um, So, and I've always told him the importance because I tried to model for him, like if I hurt his feelings, you know, I didn't mean to. So I was going to apologize. And he's pretty good about apologizing too, if he hurts my feelings. So I just feel like since he was a little boy that I've tried to have that open communication with him um, so that there's, we know we're going to hurt each other. We are in the same family and, you know, and it's going to happen, but um, just that open communication mm. that he knows that he can, no matter what, he can come to me and talk to me. Yeah, and yeah, just add to that. And that honest communication kind of is what gives you such like power and ability to hurt is because when you're sharing with other people, you know, vulnerabilities, things going on, And that does give them the opportunity, whether they personally like it when they do it or not, to, you know, use those to uh, 
heartbeat though. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think that is, you know, a primary fear that we have when we get close to people is that we, you know, reveal those areas in which we feel vulnerable. Like vulnerability in our context for the podcast is almost always referred to as like a positive because we believe it gives access to real relationship. We believe the most important thing about us is our souls and that it gives us identity and that God has created us with that in mind and for for us to be together and that vulnerability allows us to enter deeper into that. We, We believe that that's true. But the nature of the word like to discover a vulnerability is generally like a good thing for the aggressor. Like it's really good to find a vulnerability. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, you know, it's a, as a primal thing that you find the vulnerability and you exploit it and you survive. And so it, it is interesting to have it really restructured to talk more about kind of really the, that soft underbelly that we all kind of have that we don't want to expose. I think Kim, for you managing that tension of knowing that he's doing something that's good for him and you, you want him to do that. But at the same time, like the nature of what it is, you're in a position where it causes you pain as, as a parent, how have you managed that? How have I managed the pain of letting him go? I think the dynamic, yeah. Just knowing that he's doing something that's good for him, but knowing that there's sorrow in your heart that it's it's almost like a grieving. We're going to talk about grief in in the next couple episodes. Like, how have you, how do you manage that dynamic knowing that this is good and necessary for him, but it's, but it's causing you pain? Um, Well, first, um, I do pray about it. Second, I do feel like God is in control. Like there, there, like, like yes, there's pain, but I have joy in my heart for him because I know that the path that he's on um, is a good one. Does that make sense? Like, um, I know where he's going. Um, there's a reason he's going on this path. Um, and I do truly feel like God is in control. I mean, we do have, you know, we can make our own choices, but um, that's kind of how I've dealt with the quote grief of him leaving is that, and I guess it also kind of helps because, you know, I went to college too. I left my family. So I kind of can take his perspective too a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know what it was like. I mean, of course it's a different time period now, but I know what it's like to leave your parents and go away to college and to find yourself, your independence. Um, so that's kind of helped to try to put myself in his shoes a little bit. Um, and I just talking to other people about it, um, um, like his dad and, um, my parents, I'm really close to my parents. So, um, they've actually, they're still my parents, but they're becoming my friends now that, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm an adult child, I guess. Um, and so it's just nice to talk to other people who've been through it as well. Um, I mean, I have my weak moments just like anybody else. Yeah. I think it wouldn't, we wouldn't consider it a challenge if it didn't actually have challenging moments. So uh, I appreciate you. appreciate you sharing that. I think that's, really if you start to peel back kind of the onion of, of the missed moments like um like graduation like 
um, your last week of classes, like at the, the different award ceremonies that you are part of and those sorts of things and getting to celebrate where you're going to college and, and making all those sort of public moments is those are all, um, those are all like sacramental moments that society has created to remember these things. Uh, and remember is like the idea of putting things, membering, dismembering and remembering. So, so this is a way of pulling together all these moments in life and remembering them into one thing. And then in, in scripture, a lot of times there's this idea um, when you get through something really big um, that you build an altar or, or an Ebenezer, you have a, you carry this symbol with you that reminds you of the things that you've gotten through together and that God was with you in the midst of struggle and triumph and joy and sorrow. And you carry these moments with you. And that's what baccalaureate is about. And that's what graduate, that's why we graduate kindergarten. We have all these little moments of celebration in the church. We, we do confirmation as a way for, for we, we do baptism as infants in, in the Methodist tradition. And then, and then we, when you come of age, we have this marking of this moment of remembering um, of the person and their call to, to be God's creation. And, and then, and then we keep doing this throughout life. And so what you sort of missed out on is a chance to remember everything and to pull it all together, to, to walk out of the hall the last time and be able to look back at the hall and say, I'm leaving, you know? And, and I think those are some powerful moments that I'm interested in thinking about how you, you talk about this graduation ceremony or, or experience that you're creating. And um, Elijah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm curious if there's a way that you can, because I hear you talking about it and some of it's sort of this like, oh, we're just going to do this thing. And it's just this, but, but I think what you do on Thursday is going to be huge. It's going to be really powerful for you if you allow it to be, to let it be a moment of remembering and pulling together all that you are through this part of your life and set you out on this trajectory that's ahead of you. And so I, I wonder if there's a way that you can sacramentalize what you do on Thursday. I know I can hear, it feels a little cheesy. The, if I'm going to be honest. But more now, than I'm a, a little. I, like, I'm, I am, it just feels I, weird. I'm a graduate <laughs> of Gwinnett County Schools too. So I can openly talk yeah. about, I think, <laughs> I think they missed an opportunity to do something really important with you. And I regret that on behalf of Gwinnitians. Gwinnitians. <laughs> I, I regret that that's, that's what They didn't happening. have the option, you know, or time or ability to have a different alternative. Yeah. Well, and Kim said so delicately that lunch will be provided on Thursday. So the three of I mean, us will be there. If, <laughs> If you need someone to show up in a robe and stall so you don't feel like left out because you're the only oh, one yeah. in a robe walking around, I I got robes and stalls, you know, we can, we can show up. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 w I really want to figure out uh, or think about how you could take Thursday and create a moment that, that pulls this thing together and recognizes God's in the midst of all this, even in, in your sorrow and your loss in this moment. And that God will be with you on the journey that lies ahead of you. Is that a question <laughs> or is that a challenge? <laughs> is there a question in that? If there is, I, I, think, I missed it. I, think, no, <laughs> I just don't I, want them to know, feel pressured it, to answer a question that I, I was, doesn't I exist. I was just looking. I was, no, I was looking at it. It's a at, challenge can be great. Yeah. 
I was looking at Elijah's face. I was waiting. I was I was trying to allow silence to do the work. Evan, <laughs> you do not listen to our episode. It's not an interrogation. It's an interview. <laughs> that entire time, I, I was like, "Oh, I thought this was an interview. Now we're going to actually talk about what we have to do." <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can't help giving advice. It's just Michael like, is hyper applicative. I just, I yeah. just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to bail out our guests here. <laughs> Be gracious, hosts. <laughs> uh, I think that does bring up an interesting thing that I, I think that you touched on, Kim, with your answer before, which is throughout this process, what does that look like spiritually? How does that affect you? Because I feel like a lot of the ways that we would cope and process challenges in our life we're no longer gathering together with those people each week and worship uh, and those kind of structures that are normally in place for us to reflect remember make things sacramental and sacred have kind of been pulled away and i'm really curious for the two of you what that's looked like spiritually over these last couple months uh i'll go first um it's hard um i'll be honest spiritually um because especially when you had the whole shelter in place and you know the only people you were around were the four people in your house um sure there's zoom you can connect digitally to people but um i'm an extrovert i'm a touchy feely huggy type of person and um that was hard for me very hard um that's how i i um get my energy from people and from touch and um and of course, you know, I love my family, but it got to a point where <laughs> I needed to leave. And so a few weeks ago, um, I broke the shelter in place and I left and um, I went to my hometown. Uh, it's a very small place um, near Lake Oconee. Um, I grew up in the country and so my parents are still there and they own a, a huge farm. Um, and so I went to the country and I, that's where I actually finally was able to connect spiritually hmm. is, um, where I finally had some peace throughout this whole process is in the country where I grew up mm -hmm. and I came back a happier person. I'll just put it that way. That was yeah. my moment. Thanks for a lot, inviting us into that process for you. Uh, Elijah, for you, spiritually, a lot going on. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll be honest again. The church and I are not having a very good relationship at the moment. Um, a lot of things from just the, the past, like a lot of ongoing things. And then on top of this, a lot of the, you know, coronavirus stuff i've been extraordinarily frustrated with a lot of people in the church i'm not going to go into it because it, it's a little bit controversial but a lot of I, I can put it this way a lot of clergy persons specifically responses to the virus as a whole um to different ideas about the virus to people has felt very rejective to mm -hmm. me I can't you know I can't quite describe it but just a lot of especially social media posts and stuff I've seen by clergy have just kind of 
like, I don't know, I just, it kind of made me a little bit uncomfortable. And so, you know, the first time I went to church, I don't know, I want to say like four or five months. I mean, I've been to help with like technical stuff and stuff like that, but just like sit down for church and stuff was the senior Sunday this past Sunday to kind of enjoy that, which was very nice. But in like, in 100% honesty, I'm kind of looking for a little bit of a rebirth. For when I go off to college, I found another church community. I still love my church. I love my church family. They're very nice. They've been there for me. I'm just having, you know, getting a little bit, getting involved as heavily as I had in the church also exposes the, I guess you call it the sausage making <laughs> behind it all also. Sure. And I feel that when I go off to college and kind of starting up, you know, a new kind of spiritual life in that new community will be very helpful for me to kind of get the refreshment that I need um, because it's very difficult to like listen to you know a speaker and be like oh yeah when you you know heard that person on floor debates and like know their ideas and um, a little bit too like well to be able to comfortably you know enjoy this like you know when you see the stuff behind it all it makes it a little bit more difficult so I'm definitely looking for kind of like a revival when I head out to college and find a new community to kind of settle into and hopefully I can have that revival behind me and come back, you know, to my church and mm -hmm. a little bit of a getting that spiritual need filled. Yeah. That's, I think you bring up a lot of great points and really appreciate your honesty. I think Lindsay had, had a I was just going to say that up. that really resonates with me. Um, when I went to college, I went far away. Um, you know, grew up outside of Atlanta and then went to school in Texas for undergrad, um, left everybody I knew and loved behind, um, which was really hard, uh, but also went so excited about wanting to get plugged into church or ministry or my own spiritual growth differently. Um, and uh, like I intentionally focused on that, knowing that where I had grown up just didn't feel like it was quite fitting in the right way anymore. Um, and I knew I wanted something different. Uh, and it was life changing um, in my undergraduate experience, uh, getting plugged in um, in different places, uh, in different ways than I had. It was good for my spiritual growth. But I I just, it really stuck with me what you said, Elisha, because I, I remember kind of the familiarity of that feeling, of, of some of that feeling of ready for something different, something new, craving something more, and wanting that uh, revival, being ready for that revival to happen. Hmm. And I think something that you said struck uh, kind of a, 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 a thought about what you said earlier too about family and about how when you become vulnerable, you know exactly how to hurt somebody and, and you do it well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the church has that same capacity and, and even me, maybe especially me as a clergy person, because I'm keenly aware of people's vulnerability and I can use scripture and theological terms and I have power um, that can be used in a way that really causes harm. Mm. Um, sometimes I recognize that. And um, sometimes I don't. 
that my words are causing harm. And because we're family, because we're part of this family of faith, I think the harm I create as a pastor um, or as a fellow church person can often be really, can be really particularly destructive um, because of the familiarity and the trust that you've built up on that, that whole construct of church and faith and, and that sort of thing. And so I, I definitely hear your experience in the last few months, uh, both of you, Kim and Elijah, both of you, and that search for spirituality and meaningfulness and that the church has somehow sort of been absent. Um, some of their own doing and some because of what we're experiencing together. But Elijah, I definitely am excited for you and for what lies ahead because it is, it is one of those amazing transformations that happens as you, as you take off on your own and you discover faith uh, in a new way, in a new place on your own. Um, and I, th I think you have an exciting journey ahead of you, but mm. I hope you stay rooted back with us too. Yeah, I think you just illustrate so well why we position our culture in a way that allows you the space to do that. And it's just it's just one of those things where the structures are there in place. There's plenty of things that we don't do well, but one thing that I think we do well is give you the freedom and the expectation that you will be able to have some space to reform and get some distance from the things that you've grown up in. And I don't know about you, but I when I am around the same things, especially structures, rules, that kind of stuff and, and ways of belief, uh, I, I become resentful, I think just due to proximity because I like to explore. Uh, and so I think that when that is quelled, when you have that desire for curiosity and exploration, uh, whenever that is repressed, whether internally or through external circumstances, you're always going to, you're always going to get that feeling. And so that's an exciting moment because it's an embarkment. It is that kind of start of that journey. And so um, that's, it's encouraging. And I think you articulated that really well. Uh, as we kind of wrap up and wind down, I, I wonder, are there, are there any questions or thoughts, Lindsay or Michael that you had? Um, so I'm really, I'm, I'm curious because I like to always like to ask this question um, of people is if, if, if there's a parent, Kimberly, if there's a parent who's listening to this, who has a high school student who's going through some of the things, what same things that you're going through, there's, there's that mix of loss and hope and all of that, what would your words of encouragement be for them? Um, I, I would definitely look for those small moments. Um, my kids laugh at me, but um, it's those small moments that you need to remember um, take a mental picture, just sit back and, uh, well, Eli, <laughs> um, sorry, emotion. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> um, because I'm being robbed of certain traditions, um, I am taking those mental um, pictures in my head to remember these next few months. And, um, and whenever he's ready to talk, I stop what I'm doing and I sit down and talk with him. I might have a long list of stuff I need to do around the house, but when he wants to talk, I stop and I listen. And that's my advice. Um, you know, we parent a lifetime, I feel like, cause we're always going to be a parent, but he's growing into adulthood and he's not always going to want to sit and talk with his mom 
So when he wants to talk, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to listen. Now, so watch with words of advice would be take those mental pictures, those small moments, and and just sit, stop what you're doing, and talk to your child. Listen. Elijah, I'm going to flip that question in a little bit different way. And I'm going to say, if there's, again, if there's a parent who's struggling with all of this, what would your advice as a high school senior be to that mom or that dad or who's having a hard time parent. doing it? Um, I, that's a difficult one. Let me think. Um, that's a great question. For a parent? <laughs> for a really parent. Like, I feel very unqualified to give you advice, but... Which is exactly why you should be able to answer the question. <laughs> That's right. That's what the whole basis of the podcast is. <laughs> Us being unqualified? <laughs> All right, you're qualified. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> this is what I do for a living, y'all. Did you forget? Oh, um, uh, Let's see. So enjoy... I guess it kind of goes similar with what the advice of a student is that this is a moment in time and it's going to pass. So just understand that whatever is different because of this, whatever's going on, whether or not they're drifting away or getting closer, it's, it's just a moment in time and there's so much more ahead there's so many more changes that are going to happen. There's so many, there's so much opportunity for things to continue on in different ways that don't stress about the individual things and just keep in mind, you know, keeping your relationships together so that they can enjoy kind of a, a new rebirth after everything is over. So mm -hmm. In, in simple terms, don't focus on the little negative things that are going to pop up um, and just focus towards kind of that, the future and know that it's going to, this is going to end and things are going to be different. And when you come out of it, as long as you were there, I think there's going to be a positive outcome. Mm kind of the opposite of what my mom said. <laughs> I think so. I think that's beautiful though. As long as you're there, it's going to be a positive outcome. So much of this is about being present. Mm. Um, we can't control everything. Um, and these moments aren't going to last forever, regardless no. of what they look like. Um, really precious, good moments, really ugly moments and frustrating moments. Um, being present in it and then also knowing that this, this isn't going to be the end. There's going to be plenty more to celebrate someday. Um, and that this is just one chapter for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that you guys can both communicate that you have to like be fully present, but you have to make space for the relationship to grow. And so if we try and hold on too tightly, uh, it, it really doesn't allow the room for, individuals to come together and actually meet each other because they're already smashed into each other the whole time which is what we did with quarantine uh, which is good other final thoughts kim elijah any other final thoughts as we kind of wrap up 
Elijah, do you want to share a little bit about where you'll be going, what your intentions are as far as the future? You referenced it kind of secondhand. Yeah, I can share that. Um, So I'm headed to the College of Worcester in Ohio. It's kind of like small town, rural Ohio. So I'm really hopeful that we're going to be on campus in August. I've heard that Ohio is doing great things. Um, They're reopening starting the end of May. So I'm really hopeful that you know, having that small college in a small town will facilitate being able to go and enjoy that first year. And it's probably going to be a little bit different. I anticipate that probably midsummer we'll be back to normal, but the new normal, which is probably going to sure. involve, you know, face masks and gloves and just a little bit different life. Like we're going to have to adjust to a new life that'll probably last for a few years. Um, and I'll be studying uh, global studies, hopefully, and Chinese. Those are my current plans. Um, not entirely sure what I want to do with it yet. I have my options open to a bunch of different things and wherever it leads. So. Well, congratulations on Very cool. graduation and acceptance. And We'll try to get Justin, our producer, to put some pomp and circumstance behind that mm-hmm. speech. So that's will be <laughs> yeah, kind of you your... don't want us to sing it. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. I was gonna start humming, but I don't think that would have that would have gone well. <laughs> Not ideal. Not ideal. And Kim, thanks for everything that you do for uh, the school system, for our communities and uh, within the church and for people that we care about, like Elijah. We we really appreciate you and appreciate yeah, appreciate you both taking the time to have a conversation with us. Welcome to the craziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we really, it was really, really fun. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Elijah. Yeah. We okay. really appreciate yeah. you guys taking the time. Yes, can go. It was nice to meet you guys. Nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much to Kim and Elijah again for uh, just their vulnerability and all of the experience that they have shared with us. I really enjoyed that conversation. I felt like I learned a lot and got some new perspective. Lindsay, Michael, what about you guys? I think one one of my biggest takeaways from that conversation is spending some time thinking about how we Uh, when we don't have traditional milestones, the way that they used to be celebrated or the way that we might have celebrated uh, prior to us all trying to navigate our way through this pandemic, how can we we make that meaningful still? What what kind of way can we uh, kind of sacramentalize any of that stuff ourselves? How can we still be celebrating and acknowledging that it's a milestone, even if the way that we used to possibly acknowledge it uh, can't happen right now. It's just really making me think about uh, what what ways I'm going to celebrate important milestones uh, with people I love during the season. Mm. Yeah, I really liked the 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 vulnerability that they both showed in like talking about how they they both hurt each other and love each other and i think that's like if i could think of anything that i wanted our listeners to hear is is that they're they're not alone in that you know that my guess is i i know um 
that I am capable of of harm, and I could, and and the people I typically harm are the people I love the most because I feel maybe because I feel safe that I can harm them, they're still going to love me. Maybe because I know them better than I know anybody else, so I know exactly how to harm them. But I do it out of my own frustration, out of my own hurt in other places or or feelings that I'm going through. Um, and I just I, I loved how both of them sort of acknowledged that. They first said, you know, we love each other. We're very close. But the pressure of this whole situation has meant that we've we've hurt each other in different ways. Um, and and to sort of talk about that openly, I thought was really, really, that, it, that it's possible. I think you keep reminding us, Lindsay, it's possible to have both things at the same time. It's both possible to deeply love and care for your mother or your child or your parent and also hurt them. Or be hurt by them, and that those things kind of like that 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 closeness of relationship often produces both things at the same time. And if that's the case them, for you, it's okay. And you can love them and want to break free. Like we can. Yes, I think that's yeah. the most challenging thing that I mean. I remember navigating leaving home is how do you love your family well, but also get excited to be separate. Mm -hmm. Um, that that doesn't make you love them any less, uh, that we can be excited about, we can be sad about leaving a chapter and also excited to go to the next one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not see change in your child as a critique of the family story, because that's another thing I often experience Mm -hmm. with college students is that they look back at their life and they're like, there are things I want to do differently. And, And you could hear some of that coming out in Elijah. We talked about talking about church and his faith tradition is that he wants to experience that stuff differently and not to let that be like a critique of the experience that he's had, but, but actually um, a celebration of the empowerment you've given him to seek that for himself, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's a, I, I, I know as a parent, I think it's just hard to let go. And then if, and if they let go, they, they do things differently. I think sometimes that's the part that, it, it really just kind of hurts even more is that it's like somehow saying, no, oh, I don't, I didn't really like that experience that I had. I want to do it differently. But I, but I think that's actually showing um, individuality uh, and growth of the self to be able to do that. Yeah. I really appreciated the way that they were able to express this has been just very confusing spiritually. And I, I needed to get away and, I think what Kim articulated that there, you know, I just needed to be in a different space. Like my physical, my physical space has an impact on my spiritual self. And I think just how interconnected all of those things are um, and how when one part of us is confused, it affects different areas of our lives more than we think and that we're not as compartmentalized or siloed uh, as we thought. And so, I really related to that, just how this was just a confusing season. And there's some things that give us clarity, but uh, it's okay for things to feel weird and uh, recognize that that's going to have an impact. I I appreciated that honesty and dialogue there. Well, thank you guys. I think this is a great, great opportunity just to kind of dip into the experience that some people are going through right now. Um, And I think maybe we'll do a follow-up. Maybe we should do a follow-up in a, in a, a few months when, when Elijah's off at school and Kim has got less child at, at her house and maybe she, hopefully she's back mm-hmm. at school too. 
uh, and just see how that transition over the summer evolved and, and sitting Elijah off to Ohio went. just because I think for the next few months, there's a lot of parents, there's a lot of kids who are stuck in the same tension between loving and letting go mm-hmm. and wanting things to be the way they've always been and yet embracing what they're going to be. Mm. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Lindsay, for your friendship and your wisdom uh, and uh, putting up with me. Uh, we we <laughs> really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, give this a listen and uh, really uh, allowing these conversations to uh, make their way into your brain space, your emotions, your heart, and your soul as well. Uh, we really value you. Uh, you can always contact us on social media or reach out to us uh, on the web if you have any questions or things that you might want us to cover in different episodes etc. Just want to say a quick thanks to Justin Patton who produced this episode and Justin also does the music for our podcast as well. So way to go, Justin. We think you're great. Thanks so much. Thank you everyone. We will see you next episode.